I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight. You let me know everything's alright. everyone that's right we're not going anywhere no matter what happens to our records we will be here for you every single week jack here for the people yeah i was i was about having a good time watching my boys hit their 100 point floor um, <laughs> <laughs> and still lose uh, but you know that's how it goes um, sometimes sometimes you're the ham and sometimes you're the chicken you know and uh, maybe this is jumping the gun a bit, but someone who has also been pretty low scoring this year, but himself finds himself with a winning record, Dawson. Welcome in. Yes, sir, boys. Back on the pod. First things first, all I want to say is congratulations on Jack Spencer for beating the unemployed piece of shit allegation. <laughs> <laughs> Great to be back. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, we're just waiting for uh, Riley Metcalf, but he has some things on the horizon, as I'm told. Oh yeah, I mean, and... but but I have but I have beaten allegations. <laughs> Riley, have fun being an unemployed piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Metcalf's an easy guy to root for, so that, is, that is true. That is true. I am ready to go. I'm so excited to have a really just pristine guest on the pod, Dawson. And you know, we <laughs> hopefully we don't keep this streak going all year where all of our guests are coming off a nice dub. I think that makes people a little bit more inclined to to join the pod. But uh Dawson, you uh you secured your third win of the season to uh you were officially sitting in the playoff picture. How are you feeling? Dude, I'm feeling really great. You know what I you know what I do is that I set a standard for my team. Score a certain amount of points every week, and all you got to do, you know exactly how many points I'm scoring each and every week. All you got to do is show up and perform yep. that way. And no, and and three, three out of the five times, they have not. So you know what? <laughs> you know what I score? Beat me. If I'm so bad. If my team is so bad, beat me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I will never be one to um. I will never be one to get salty about records based on points scored. I think, it, you know, the, as we say, the, the cream will always rise to the t- crop. So if you really are <laughs> one of the best teams, uh, we'll, we'll see it play out. Um, one thing that has just been continued excellence for you has been um, Stefan Diggs. Whether the Bills lose or win, he has been a smash play every week. His worst week was a 10-point outing, which is still respectable. He is, uh, he is starting to deliver similar numbers to Justin Jefferson with occasional explosions and consistently high floors that would match most wide receiver two ceilings, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the beating heart of your team, Dawson. And um, I, I, you know, not many comments on that, but uh, you got to be encouraged by some other things you saw with the Josh Jacobs return to normalcy, Dallas Godert popping off. I mean, um, some things didn't go your way with the uh, with the Michael Wilson fall through, and then of course uh, the Jordan dislike. Um, but uh, I would say, by and large, uh, you know, yeah, you have to like what you're seeing. Uh, is is there any uh, is there any anxiety you have about this team going forward? I don't think there's too much concern with 
my team right now with a depth standpoint, I feel like I addressed my lack of bench and I think I finally found my RB2. I think that I have a full set of wide receivers, one through three, including Michael Thomas on my bench. So I feel like I'm set there. <laughs> um, one concern that has been a that has been a downfall for me all season long has been my quarterback position. I have not had a quarterback score more than 16 points for me in a single game this season. And then the week that I trade away Justin Fields to Will Frankie, he pops off for like 33 points. So. <laughs> Like I like I said, Will Frankie's championship is beating me in a trade, and I absolutely meant that a hundred percent. But he did, but he did fleece me in that trade. <laughs> well, Jack, you were the other uh, trader on uh, Dawson had a had a week like uh, I kind of did today with these big big swing trades. How are you feeling seeing some of your players perform on Dawson's team? Oh. I'm never mad. Dawson and I have a friendly relationship, so I'm never mad at it. You know, a part of trading is always going to be the entire season and also who you're trading with. Like, if I trade with Tori, I'm never mad if I get fleeced. But if I traded with you, Conrad, I'm I'm punching the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Josh Jacobs is is, it's funny we we discussed that because Josh Jacobs was the hot potato last year. That was he was. <laughs> we kept off fleecing ourselves trying to market off Josh Jacobs, and he just kept getting better and better and better. I don't even remember what team he ended on. Was it, I think, Declan's team? Tommy. Yeah, I no, I Tommy. really don't know. Tommy's <laughs> team. Well, now you got him, Dawson. Um, I think Josh Jacobs, He's uh, they're starting to call him Fat Thor. He doesn't look great, but he's just getting so many opportunities. Um, you know, rushing champion from last season. Uh, you know, I, I would say my my one comment I would be a little concerned about for you is you really got to have Jacobs and Pacheco produce. I think that's a perfectly good RB1 and RB2, but you really got nothing behind them at all at running back. So even with buys, it's going to be an issue. Um, I'm wondering if that's uh, something you're trying to address or if you're just burning the ships in theme with your team and just going all in on a good starting lineup. Um, I mean, I'm always open for growth and movement on my team. Oh, that's a rocket right, value. If the if the right offer comes, or if there's something that's just irresistible that shows up on my doorstep, but at this moment in time, I feel like I'm sitting at three and two. I don't have to make any desperate moves. There are people that are out there, possibly also in this podcast with me, that would be more desperate <laughs> to make a move. But I think that I just figured out my running back situation. I'm no longer in running back hell like I was previously. Because if you think about it, if I don't make that trade, I am playing. Actually, playing A.J. Dillon wouldn't have been too bad of a play this week. But if I didn't make that trade, you know, I don't have Gibbs. I literally just have Josh Jacobs. And then A.J. Dillon is my RB2. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised to see you drop uh, A.J. Dillon with um, you know, kind of a thin RB room, even though, again, I think the two studs you have. But he was a uh, – Quadzilla was involved in a, in a trade today. So maybe we can talk about that later. But um, I, I, I want to make sure we, we keep this going and move forward to Cambo's team. This has, been, um, this has been a hard team to place, and I think it's because the players have been so hit or miss. Um, Cambo basically expressed to me a couple of weeks ago that he hates the way that he built his team because he thinks that, <laughs> well, he thinks that there's not a lot of – movement to be able to get trades off because he you know like 
Isn't that just a hint for I have a shitty team? <laughs> well, I yeah. think it's 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 more so it's more so an issue. I mean, I, you know, I, I think he's got some solid depth at wide receiver, and he's got some running backs that I know, like a guy like Charbonnet, a guy like Jack really wants. Um, but I think that I mean, yeah, but not uh, not explicitly. But you know, at the end of the day, I think the issue that Cambo is going to continue to have. Um, barring a, really a big swing trade, is that so many of these players, like, you know, so many of them are startable and solid, but they can also, the stars can totally have down games. This time it was Derrick Henry. It can be Brees Hall sometimes. CeeDee Lamb also with a down, down game. Lamar had a really good game, but in fantasy it ended up being a really poor game. Um, yeah, I, I I guess I what I worry the most about, about if I'm Cambo, is navigating any kind of reliability when it comes to the stars here. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry, he's still Derrick Henry, so he's going to have his pop-off days, but this is a running back by committee, you know? Like, this is 100% a Sounds running like back a by committee. Sounds Spears owner. Yeah, I mean, Tajay Enjoyer. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, you're kidding yourself if it's not a RBBC, which, uh, you know, it's a, a running back by committee is always good um, for the actual team. Um, say you can have someone being more explosive. I mean, even compare this year's Tony Pollard to last year. Tony Pollard is consistently getting stopped at the line of scrimmage more. Um, he has more carries, but it's just going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, so good for Tennessee Titans, but not necessarily good for Derrick Henry as a fantasy football player. Hmm. Uh, what do y'all, what do y'all think? I think that Derrick Henry's time as a top five to 10 running back in this league is over. I think that the workload is starting to catch up to him. They can't rely on him as more. I don't think their offensive line is as strong as it was in previous years. Um, no, just, no, and, and Hill's just he's not nearly as good as he has been as he has been in the past. Yeah, and I just certainly yeah. affects it. Yeah, Derrick Henry as a whole right now, I think he's sitting more as a RB two. I think that you cannot rely on him to put up RB one numbers for you week in and week out like you could in the past. No, he's he's. He's definitely still a set it and forget it type of player, but I also yeah. do think he is a definite sell high candidate just because of his uh, name value. I know a lot of uh, fantasy football just talking heads have been big on the uh, Derrick Henry sell high train. Um, but you know, uh, I don't. I think this league is a lot more savvy than people give it credit for. Um, so I think uh, a sell high for Derrick Henry is not su- not super attainable. Yeah. I mean, at at the end of the day, I think that this team will need to, they'll need something really great to go their way to be able like, you know, a big signing or, you know, some, I don't know, some kind of injury that elevates someone or something, because this is, I I just think at the current buyer power, it's just, it's lacking in Dawson. I mean, going against him this week, um, I'm curious as a final thought on this team, like how it felt going against Cambo, like what, uh, like, were you scared of certain players? Were you were were you sitting comfortable? I mean, you had Jordan Love get a four point nine eight points, and you weren't really breaking a sweat. 
Yeah, my main concerns from Cambo's team were one, Lamar Jackson, just because of his legs, his ability to break off a huge run at any moment that could just, you know, shatter the the projection at the end. Um, Brees Hall, I kind of knew that he was going to go off because he's playing the Broncos and everybody goes off against the Broncos and he's a very talented, great player. And he saw an open hole and he took that thing for probably like 60 yard. He had a 60 yard touchdown or something like that this week. So I kind of figured that he was going to have a big day. So I was worried about him. And then CD lamb. I don't know if I was terribly worried about him because they're going up against the 49ers. And I know that the 49ers own the Cowboys and have owned the Cowboys for the past few years. And they just never can put together a good game. So I wasn't, I I was expecting like a 10 to 15 point performance out of CD land. Maybe he falls in the end zone for a touchdown type game, but I wasn't expecting anything crazy from him. Man, these Cowboys, they are just, uh, they're cooked. This is, hey, this hey, is that, don't talk about bad, boys. I'm all in on them now. Bad news. Oh, yeah, you traded for Tony Pollard, which we will address later. I'm um, all in on the Cowboys, baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, I'll we get can, my opinions we, on this later. But, we can uh, move on. Um, I, I, I want to talk about uh, just a, a narrative buster consistently on this show. Joe Russell. Um, we've been saying, myself included, that um, the teams to beat this year are Telford and Will. Um, now, again, we factored in maybe some injuries happen to Will or something happens and he's not able to pivot off that. But that really hasn't happened yet. So a still strong Will went into a matchup against Joe, who was the only undefeated team. And this ended up being uh, one of the biggest blowouts of the year. Um with Joe almost doubling Will's score, 145.8 to 77.1. And um, I, I honestly, like, obviously you had the kind of freak DJ Moore performance, but I do think that points to, like, you know, if Justin Fields can be on, which, you know, Commanders on the road is not the easiest matchup, but it's definitely not a hard matchup. So we don't know what to take from that, how much Dick Buckkiss was controlling that. But I do think this shows that DJ Moore does have a uh, low-end wide receiver one value. Um, and then, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, who he's going to be out with on IR for the next four weeks, he didn't even really do anything for Joe's team this week. And Joe still manages 145 points with Cooper Cup back. I mean, there was a three-hour period where it became clear that Joe had the best wide receiver core in the league, and then he lost Justin Jefferson for the time. Um, yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's not too much to say about Joe's team. It's just, it's a, it's a team that has consistently been having guys just pop off and produce. I think Jalen hurts is um, he, he honestly might've supplanted Josh Allen and Mahomes as the best quarterback to have in fantasy, because you have such a built in that the, the tush push alone, like he gets all the goal line rushing touchdowns. Um, it's a, a Herbert. Herbert is the number one uh, fantasy quarterback. I, ha- I do have to remind you about that, Conrad. But I mean, it's, are you, do you take Herbert over Hurts in fantasy, Dawson, as a neutral surveyor? I take Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert in fantasy, just mainly because of past years where Justin Herbert is Burmy, and it's not, and it's not. It's just because he just throws, man. He doesn't really have any rushing attempts, either the goal line. He had two rushing touchdowns uh, last week. It's also called the brotherly shove now. 
That's true. Uh, I don't. I don't like that. It's given too much credit to Philadelphia. And I mean, they're the only ones who can successfully do the play. Everyone else gets injured or doesn't get the first down. Yeah, and also, uh, what do you have against Philadelphia? We beat them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. I just Philly as a sports town is a little meh for for me personally. I I feel like it's the least meh sports town ever. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, it's more so on like I just think it's they're 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 a little much. They are. But it's not a fun, it's not a fun environment. Who are these Kansas City fans to call another you know environment a little much? Um, and we, <laughs> I stand by free cheese the holic. Double down on that one. Um, with, with that being said, um, Joe certainly is going to benefit from um, HN's injury. Mostert suddenly also becomes an RB one. He is suffering. Um, looks like Khalil Herbert's going to be out for about three weeks. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he's got guys on the bench. I mean, I really don't like Madison, but until they fully incorporate Cam Akers into that offense, which might never come, he continues to be a total starting, startable running back. Um, yeah, the, uh, Joe's team is sitting pretty. I think he can afford to really do whatever he wants with this team. He can. He, he, he's, he should be the for sure the least panicked owner, I think, of, of all of us. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on a uh, pretty much no panic zone unless you're Adam Kessler, just based on a roster uh, <laughs> position. Uh, it's just not that good. Like Conrad, I know uh, you might have different opinions on this, but we're we're still like you know a game, two games back from the playoffs. Uh, so you know you can't be too too worried. You can't be counting us out. Yeah, I mean, it's also like I still enjoy my team. From time to time, um, <laughs> I, they're good boys. We can get uh, to those boys when we get to those boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the ball, um, yeah. Look, I think Tempke made it known to everyone he's officially worried. Um, he was coasting off of just some massive performances. Um, but when C when CMC doesn't pop off, yep. you know, I mean, this was like kind of a perfect storm having Devonte uh, essentially just be like a. a Eighty million dollar decoy, um, yes. and then it's going to live and die by Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he definitely had some opportunities to get to essentially what is a twenty two, twenty three point floor. Um, like he did have his rushing touchdown, but you know, is Christian McCaffrey you expect two to three at this point? Honestly, yeah. um, just because I mean, Connor, you brought up the uh, Debo Vulture uh, over the. Uh, it's never going to be a. Any person getting a touchdown within the five-yard line is a vulture from Christian McCaffrey. It is probably the – besides the brotherly shove, a goal line run, just get the ball into probably the most dangerous player uh, with the ball in his hands. Um, as someone – That's the best player right there, Conrad. As someone who has watched pretty much all the 49ers games, I really have to say – CMC is just, I mean, the often they just keep giving it to him again and again and again. It's insane, and yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no reason not to. I mean, you if give two Christian McCaffrey runs from like inside the five, and you're essentially guaranteed a touchdown. There was literally nothing discouraging about that McCaffrey performance. I think I, I really, I frankly think that the only two things, and and you know, Will should be happy that Waller finally delivered on some of that promise he had. I think the only two things I'm monitoring, which I guess go hand in hand here, if I'm will, is the Damian Pierce and James Cook story. James Cook had been flying high. That had really been a big key to Will's success, had been 
getting James mm-hmm. Cook 90th in the eighth round and, you know, James Cook being, uh, like, you know, putting up, uh, you know, like, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 numbers. Um, yeah. Totally I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be a game script thing for him. Um, like a lot of running backs on a pass first offense, it's always going to be game script. Um, there's no reason to run the ball to uh, James Cook if you're up by, or if you're down by seven to 10 points, you know, you, you want to put the ball in the hands of Josh Allen and have him throwing to Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs. Like it's just the, he, he'll get, absolutely game scripted out a lot of times but yeah i mean and then and then you know my other thing i was gonna bring up was damian pierce i i think those guys just go hand in hand the hero strategy really does work for cmc but um we can't forget that we'll have keenan allen on by who has just been incredible this year um and you know barring the everyone feels like he's always getting injured but there's no reason to really believe that's gonna happen um yeah if i'm if i'm will i mean dawson uh do, do you are do you remain belief that will is truly upper echelon uh with roster wise or do you think that he's showing some true uh some true scars now before i answer that question i kind of wanted to circle back to christian mccaffrey and i must say that i think christian mccaffrey is that dude when you know a running back is the number one overall running back in a league but he's behind a shitty offensive line and you're just like, what? I wonder what he would be like if he was behind the best offensive line in the league. We're seeing that in real time with the 49ers. Like, he got traded to them, and he just leveled up from what he was with the Panthers. He got to, like, 1B to 1A. Yeah. No, I mean, it's – that's I, – I think people are sleeping on the fact that the 49ers, since the, uh, the Purdy-McCaffrey tandem has come in, um, not only have they not lost, um, aside from the game where Purdy got injured in the NFC Championship game. That, that's absurd. They have just pretty much dominated every single team they've played in all of their wins. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say, I know we're all Chiefs fans, but I think it's uh, by no, it's not a stretch to say that they're the heavy favorites right now. Um, they They look unbeatable. I, I have no issue giving them the best team. If, if if the Chiefs' offense can look as it has in like literally any other year under Mahomes, aside from I guess maybe the twenty twenty one year, though, uh, I think with his defense this year, um, I I feel very confident in this Chiefs team. But yes, the Forty ers are very much who I expect to see coming out of the NFC Super Bowl. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, if we're just comparing the two, I think they just look so much better than the Eagles. Um, honestly, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and we just saw the third contender there, the Cowboys, just got boat raced. So I, I don't really know what there is left to say about them. But but please, Dawson, continue what you're going to say about Will's team. Oh, yeah, back to Will's team. I do see some concerns when Christian McCaffrey doesn't pop off. I mean, obviously, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to continue to have lackluster performances like that. Um, they're they're their quarterback, yeah, he's injured, but also there were times where he was just flat out open, booty butt naked, running down the field, and Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> decided to go to IU instead of him. Oh, you mean uh, um, Jalen Myers? Or yeah, J- yeah, Jalen Myers. Sorry, my apologies. Or Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers, yeah. Jacoby Myers. Um, Damian Pierce. I don't know. I feel like the Houston offense is a little bit underrated. 
I think that they always have the ability to get in the red zone, but I just don't believe in Damian Pierce as the as the player, like the athlete, to be able to put in numbers week in and week out. Tua, he's a wild card every week. Tight end position, I don't even know what the hell he's got going on there. Comet? Um, uh, uh, no, that's Cameron. Oh, wait, no. He's got I'm, Waller, who's been disappointing. But, again, I think that's the one bright spot from this week is Waller finally shows what I think a lot of people drafted him to be, which is, you know, they, they were playing him as a wide receiver. Like, he, he was kind of doing the Kyle Pitts thing, except they were actually throwing to him. Which, by the way, Kyle Pitts got some targets to speak to. Yeah, best game of probably the last two years for him, I would say. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I think can we safely say that um, – that Joe should be considered the best. Obviously, he's at the top of the settings. Can we all consider him the best team, or do you? He's the best. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's the best. Um, uh, I know, Connor. This is not what you like to do, but it. I do have to bring up the points scored on the or points oh, against oh. on this one, where he's just like so abysmal. Plus the fact that Justin Jefferson is now out for four weeks. That is that's gonna, a good point. You're gonna hurt that. You're gonna hurt that. Good point. I mean, the fact that he had. He has both Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson and hasn't been able to I mean just through luck of injury. Hasn't been able to uh have both those guys have good games. It's crazy. That's classic fantasy though. Like the the dream roster you put together never they they just never quite all get to play well in the same week. Um, that was me oh, yeah. last year. Absolutely. Yup. I I mean you were the you were the steamroller Dawson and then I think some I think it was Justin Fields just kind of disappointing at the end just kind of petered your boys out. I think everybody disappointed me in the end. I don't think that I had a very good showing in the first in the in the semifinals of the playoffs whatsoever. I think I had like 110 points. It was not good. We got high standards here. Um, yeah. Very high standards. We do have we do have high standards. Thank you, Conrad. <laughs> we can we can move on to um yeah yeah the the matchup where you know these teams just did a big trade right before recording this pod and um I, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that now or or after we talk about all the teams but uh, let's first talk about the matchup um me versus Telford I'll, I'll just say this here I get Tel I was looking at before the week started I was looking at Telford's team and I was like wow. You know, Tony Pollard's been solid, but he's going against the 49ers' run defense. Kirk Cousins has been really good, but, you know, the Chiefs have been a good defense this year. Um, you know, I was looking at some other things, like he's starting Cowboys defense against a good Niners offense. Um, oh, yeah. It, he's, that was uh, predictable. He's he's missing out on Mike Evans and DK Metcalf in a week where not a lot of teams are on by. I was like, even though I was, you know, I remember last pot, I was kind of, kind of throwing this week and being like, oh, I'm probably going to lose. But after that, I feel ready to go. Like I, I, this was absolutely a week that I should have won. And I mean, look, Frankie, I mean, it was the lowest scoring. Uh, it was the two lowest scoring teams playing each other. Right. Or was... No, that's incorrect. We both scored higher than Cambo and Tampi's team this week. Oh, geez. Um... <laughs> I mean, I fucking get Will Frankie 120 points. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, this was, this was, look, I, I, uh, ultimately what it comes down to, like, I, I obviously, if I get like anything resembling a pulse from Miles Sanders or if Anthony Richardson even plays like a mid game, then I, I, I win this. Um, but you know, it, it did come down to me deciding, uh, I woke up on Sunday morning and before I took a fantasy detox for the, at least the first two windows of games, 
I was like, oh, you know what? I thought Saquon was going to play this week. Breed is still available. Jacoby Myers, you know, I don't know how that matchup's going to go. Breed is going to be good for like, you know, probably another eight points. I'll just put him in flex and not worry about it. Uh, no, that is not what happened. They're calling him Matt Burrito Farts. Um, really just horrendous performance. That's and and you know that's that's fully on me. The the kicker swap didn't do anything. Um, I'm happy that I I stuck with the Dolphins defense, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, my stars let me down, but uh, I let the team down with that decision. And uh, shout out to Kelsey for coming back from what looked like something really serious and literally getting a touchdown. That was something incredible. Um, and yeah, that was that was hype. That was amazing. And uh, and I guess the last thing I'll say here is, uh, you know. The, the even after this loss, I was like, "All right, um, you know what? I had already kind of this as a loss, even though I should have won this one after Telford's performance." But uh, you know, we got the we got the dream team getting trotted out this week. But no, that uh, as we said a few minutes ago, that 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 cannot never happen in fantasy, can it? Um, Anthony Richardson probably going to the IR. Devon Achan hopefully only out for two or three weeks, but could be seeing the IR as well. Um, yeah, so I, I really had to shake up the team, and I got to say, I'm happy about the changes I've made. Um, I'll let you guys say your piece about Telford's team and my team um, at, before we talk about that trade. But I guess the only thing I'll say about Telford's team is that was pretty bad instincts to start the Cowboys' defense against the 49ers, um, especially after seeing that he had pretty healthy lead. I think that you had to know that the Cow- the, that was just not going to end well. I think even ESPN predicted the Cowboys get like two points in that game. Um, and, uh, also I think the, uh, some of the, uh, the magic has run out a bit, especially with Kirk Cousins, uh, being one of the best QB picks in the draft without Justin Jefferson. I think you're going to see a much different. It's going to, yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a whole lot different. Um, also lost James Connor, but, um, I still think this is a great team. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys, I'll give you guys the floor. I mean, it's definitely going to be a uh, tough sledding for both of us, Conrad. I know I got to include myself as a also five and uh, one or four or one and four team. Um, but I, uh, I guess we can start with the trades that were made. Um, I think they're both fine. Um, if in if uh, the, one of them was just kind of like. CJ Stroud, which I see why you made it. You know, your stud is out and you want some upside on from a guy. Right. Um, in about this Eckler trade, I don't know. I think uh, if you're going to hold on to Eckler that long, you might as well just see what see what you can get. Um, yeah, but, I didn't uh, understand that move at all. You hold like, on to a guy just to trade him the week that he's back? Like, I don't understand that. I think, honestly – the the biggest reason I I didn't want to move Eckler was that reason you guys are talking about and like I also I'm I'm not really one to worry too much about like high ankle sprains and like how will they be when they come back I think the hamstrings are more what you need to worry about or especially like ACL injuries from this previous season um, and yeah like I felt like you know Eckler has been having his rest um, and you know he's already had his bye so he should be he should be solid for the rest of the season but um, I ultimately. Uh, what this ultimately was for me was two studs for one stud. Um, I I think that Jacoby Myers uh, has – I think J- Jimmy Garoppolo likes him and he'll continue to be startable each week. But DK Metcalf is an unequivocal upgrade from that. And I like 
that he I'm getting in on that Seattle offense, which I like more than the Raiders offense. And then, um, yeah, look, I, I think Tony P, uh, you know, I, I still think the upside there is massive. Um, he has had some lower games, but I think that's all the reason to go for him. Um, I, I, I will fully say that I personally believe I asked my brothers on this. They both think that it's a, Tony P and Eckler are about the same. I think that it's a downgrade at RB one. Oh, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that one, Conrad. I, yeah. Eckler is so Eckler is so good. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's fantastic. Um, it just, I don't know. Like, I guess part of it was just kind of maybe the trauma from the, the little fluke injury. It was just kind of like seeing so seeing how like my team tried to adjust from that just wasn't great. Um, so, you know, my team simultaneously, I think gets deeper from this, just, you know, the general starting roster beefs up some, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely putting my cards on, um, Tony Polo to bounce back. Um, but yeah, look, if Eckler is going to be great, like that's what I expect to happen anyway. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be upset if Eckler does well the rest of this. I have him in another league, by the way. So I'm, I'm rooting for him anyway, but, uh, I, I just, I was, it was, it was the time to make the trade and I was, I was, I'm, I'm happy with 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 my 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 moves today. I'm also the I know people won't talk much about the the Deontay Johnson and Stroud acquisitions, but um, you know I was I think I mean I think Stroud was a great one. Uh, Deontay Johnson is yeah, that's a, that's a real nothing burger of a trip. <laughs> <laughs> much like the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay, beyond politics, I'm okay with Hunter Biden and not Israel Palestine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, well, Dawson, I want to make sure, cause I know you had some additional thoughts on that trade, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Do, do you not believe in a uh, Tony Pollard or DK Metcalf at all? I, you know what, after further review of that trade, I think that it's a good trade, but I really think that you went from, I think, I think that your main need was running back strength after HN going down. And I feel like you're weakening that position, especially if um, Austin Eckler comes back and he's fully healthy and he balls out. I think that you're downgrading in the only position that you needed to strengthen. Regard, like I think that you're going against what I thought that you should do. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, I, I don't like talking about hypothetical trades, um, but so I'll keep it vague. But there was some talk about. Maybe, um, you know, uh, Debo getting moved and Brian Robinson getting moved. And I just wanted to get rid of Miles Sanders, but that didn't happen. Uh, so uh, I, I'll i say in general, like, I'm just going to have to wait on A-Chan and hope that, um, yeah, I can do some. I mean, you know, downgrading. You just hope it's not IR. Yes. Yeah. Downgrading from Eckler to uh, Tony P, I don't see as a huge downgrade. And it doesn't change the fact that. It's not a terrible out. It's not a terrible out. I wouldn't say this is a bad trade for either party. It, it doesn't. No, me neither. Me neither. My RB two is just going to be just just a not great situation until um, I get HN back. Jack, yeah, we can move on to the other pod host. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, I, I, I want to say one thing about Telford. It's starting to look like a Telly special out here with the way that he starts off the season hot and just slowly cools down. Every year with this guy. Started off 157, <laughs> then 145, then 129, then 98, and then 87. That is a Telly special if I have ever seen one. But after this trade, maybe not, but... 
Oh my goodness, oh my he just goodness. has a trend, man. I know. I I uh, I think it's a little too early to say that, but I think in this moment in history, definitely, I think I think Telford got to be shaken a little bit, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's willing to be moving some of his stars here. But um, Jack, we can move on to your game. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, your game was much more of a solid performance where you still ended up losing pretty badly to uh, New Tommy, who the he's, he's looking like. You're looking like new Will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Freshly acquired. You're looking like a new Will, you said. Looking like new Will Frank. He's a new man. He's a new man. Freshly acquired Justin Fields from Noswa, leading him to victory. Some could say. God, da- God damn it, Dawson. <laughs> some, some could say this was payback. I remember, I remember Frankie got pissed because of the trade that you made with Joe. Leading Joe to beat Frankie, and now a trade <laughs> Frankie, Frankie to beat you. How are you feeling? I think that's fair. Uh, great week by Will. Um, I got witching houred hard by Jets defense, um, but it's fine. I mean, again, it's always just a game until it's the playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. It's one of It's like I'm not. I really. I don't trade my team for many. Um, I like Telford probably, um, possibly Tampkey's. Um, but like the team's there. I think I was looking at it today. I have the fifth most points scored, uh, which kind of reflects my 100 point floor that I've been on. I, um, I I'm for the record, and this might put me at odds with some pod listeners, but I I said it last week, and I'm fully on board with the 100 point floor messaging. I, I do want to see a little bit more of how Puka settles into the offense. Um, but um, And also if Tajay can keep this up. But I, Well, I'm not, I'm not starting Tajay. Uh, this was a Kenneth Walker and Jameer Gibbs late injury scratch well, play. Can I ask uh, you about what's going on with Devontae Smith? Acquisition from Mr. Russell. Uh, honestly, he was like the main reason I made – well, I guess Travis Etienne was, who's been fantastic. Um – I mean, you're disappointed. Uh, he'll probably, I'll probably not start him this week. Um, I think I'm feeling, I'm feeling the Marquise Goodwin crazy uh, consistency. I mean, he's had 14 points. He's had like really 14 weird. or 13 points in like four of the half five. It is bizarre. He is scoring like the exact same amount of points every single week. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, it's a weird for someone who was always thought of on the Ravens offense as like this big boomer bust play, you know, like he'll break free and then get this crazy touchdown. The fact that he's been having just such a consistent floor is crazy. Um, I mean, I haven't been watching too many Cardinals games, so I can't really speak to him, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. Uh, I'll probably start him this week. ADP wise, he's in great value. He's wide receiver 13. I mean, there's just, there's two different ways to get, to wide receiver one status where you can either have the uh, Jamar Chase 50 point game and then boost literally everything or you can get just like 14 points. Well, um, I don't think he's going to finish as the wide receiver one, but I I, I do give I don't, know, I don't know, Conrad. You never know. Okay, all right. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Nos- No, I mean, as a wide receiver one, not the oh, okay. wide receiver okay. one. Um, Noswa, looking at Hawkinson on uh, on Jack's team, are you are you happy you moved off him? I mean, I was happy the first – yeah, the first, the first, after the Eagles game ended, I was like, okay, he really popped off. That was a great game. But 
now seeing that Justin Jefferson is going to be out for maybe an extended period of time, that just makes me think that Hawkinson is going to be the main target on that team and even get more volume. Or maybe that means that he gets targeted a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball and they try to focus their game on locking him down instead of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I again, it's kind of like the uh, Puka Nakua Cooper Cup in or out conversation where you can make both arguments and they can both be correct. Um, I think it's good. I mean, Dallas Goddard is obviously a great player, um, but the reason I moved on was just I thought his ceiling was not nearly as high uh, because he is the third option on a run first offense, um, which is, I mean, that's not bad for, uh, obviously he's on a good offense, so it kind of balances out, but I'm excited for Hawk. I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, definitely, I'm, at the very least, I'm out of tight end hell. I will say uh, not the tight ends have been just like in general underperforming this year. Like even the top guys have been like somewhat lackluster. Oh, I mean, I, you have a set it or forget it t- tight end now. That, that completely changes the dynamics week in, week out versus a streamer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all in on that. I think there's a lot of potential for um, Hawk to get some targets while Jefferson's out, which is, you know, uh, it was – I don't I, – I couldn't call it just because I felt it would be in bad faith, but I did have a feeling he was going to get injured. Um, or at least, like, there was a bigger chance just because – this is going to sound dumb, but that he was due for one. Um, just that he's been so healthy his first three years, but whatever. Uh, I like the trade. Etienne is great. I still think I have, funny enough, I do still think I have the best two starting running backs in the league. But uh, hmm. I, maybe it could have been uh, competing with you, Conrad, had you kept Eckler and Achan not gone down, but such is life, Jack. Such is life. Such such is life, Conrad. Such but is life. All all faith on Tony P. Um, yeah, and we can talk about Frankie now. Who um, look? Don't call it a comeback. Um, <laughs> really has not done much at all since joining the fantasy league. Um, all offense to you, Frankie, who's been kind of targeting me recently. Um, Zero playoff play- appearances. None. <laughs> Self-proclaimed no-ball knowledge. Uh. <laughs> essentially, I mean, look, he was brought in to replace his out-south boy, Pitzel, and he essentially really carried on the torch, I think, with performance-wise. But you know, you know what the difference is? <laughs> the difference has been that Frankie cares a lot more than Pitzel, and maybe, That's fact. maybe That's fact. those flowers are starting to bloom here, and and those flowers might be given to him by season <laughs> end. Um, what we're looking at here is a team that, look, did they buy onto Justin Fields at the perfect time, Dawson? That's what the people are asking. Justin Fields has got some juicy matchups coming up. Minnesota, Vegas, Chargers. So, Ooh, could be rolling there. That's nice. Um, yeah, Joe Mixon, I think, is uh, – Joe Mixon, Kyron Williams combo at running back, I think is completely serviceable. Um, Olave, A.J. Brown, I think is – I've said this all year. I think that's a that's a really good wide receiver group. I think Olave has some injury issues right now, but um, it seems kind of minor. A.J. Brown looks like he's back to what he was last year. Um, and, and, yeah, like like this was I, – I think I said this 
when he was 0-3. I said, I'm surprised that he's not doing well because I like this team. And I don't remember who was on the pod, um, but I think it was Will, but we were they were saying, like, really, do you like this team? Because I don't think this team's that good at all. Uh, there's definitely some concerns here. We got four quarterbacks. Um, that's that's just – that's We ain't super flex. I mean, I mean Frankie – I think hold on to one other backup to Justin Fields in case he goes horrible again. But feel feel free to drop the other guys. Like you don't need four quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I say that as someone who will be rostering three quarterbacks for at least the next week. But still, four just feels a lot worse. Um, and uh, yeah, I think in general, I mean, I, I don't think this team is that good on the, in the depth department. Um, but definitely good enough to beat any team in any given week as it stands. I agree. Um, definitely a good enough team. Uh, I don't think there's any two, two weak spots except for the depth, uh, just because of the quarterback thing. I'm not mad if I'm Frankie. Uh, I think he's proven himself to be a threat this week. So I'm excited to see what happens going forth. Any thoughts, Dawson? Yeah, I'm not too happy about the way the Justin Fields <laughs> looked for the first week whatsoever. Isn't it his, it's, his, it's his Super Bowl, Dawson? Was that your, <laughs> does Gus the Bus get dropped this week? No, he does not get dropped this week. I still think that that was a great pick for my depth at running back. But I will say, Frankie does owe me a little care package at my doorstep this weekend. I like uh, Hershey's candy bars, paydays. But... And maybe um, some flowers. Yeah, maybe some flowers. Maybe. I don't think you have flowers coming your way for that trade yet. No, but I, I, I think that he can beat any team on any given week. Um, I don't think Justin Fields continues to put up 33-point performances because they're not going to be facing off against the Washington, whoever they are, every week. But You won't even Nick, see the name. Those guys. Yeah, whatever, whatever their name is now, whatever they're going to change it to in the future. Um, Gabe Davis, you can't – I mean, actually, week in and week out, he's just for – just scoring touchdowns. He finds a way to get in the end zone. They call week him Gabe the for a reason. yeah. He, just nothing nothing outside of his wide receiver core and possibly the quarterback that I traded away last week to him really compels me about his squad. I mean, New York Jets defense, 18 points. They're not going to be playing Denver every week. Like, I don't know. I I do think that Jack has a better squad than, than uh, Will Frankie does. Fair. Uh Thanks, thanks. Uh, but I'm one and four, and he is not. So I he's guess he's two and three. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, Karen. I'm looking at we're only like we're right two there. Games at, we're only two games out. Like if this is and what we're a fifth, we're a third of the way ish through the season, roughly. We can keep rolling. Look, I, I, the only comparison I have for this bad of a start I've ever had um, was in our senior year. Um, my team, some of the OGs might remember, we started the year as Big Brione brand, um, and then we went 0-4, so we rebranded to Chip Kelly on shoulder, um, and we had, <laughs> we had a lot of Eagles, and the Eagles actually won the Super Bowl that year, so we kind of turned things around, um, ended up um, winning a good amount of games 
Uh, and I remember, like, we won, like, games in the consolation bracket. didn't even mean anything. But I was proud of my boys by the end. But, um, yeah, I just uh, – the biggest thing I remember about that, obviously, was being – just 0-4 was such a hard hole to climb out of. But I just kind of – I – I because, you know, the, the margins become so tight, Jack, and that's going to be the issue. That is true. That is true. I mean, say it – can I just get one of the shitty teams, please? <laughs> I thought – or at least like one of the shitty teams when they're supposed to be playing shit. Yeah, well, as I was gonna say, I mean, you you've been kind of putting Frankie in that category for a for a little bit now, so I, I think you got the one. bigger thing was the bigger thing was Adam last week. My God, how did I mean fucking Jack, twenty points from a kicker? Ugh, Jack, horrible. I played a I played a the team that had been the best, and they only scored eighty seven, and I lost. And you played the team that was considered one of the worst, and you scored one hundred and two, and you lost. So. Two, two sides of the coin, Connor, I will say. Two, two sides of the coin, but I just got to keep hitting that 100-point floor. <laughs> if you score over 100 points when you play me, you probably win. So, <laughs> you, 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 you know which hammer. Or I'm excited for rivalry week. This will be a good one. And, and this is interesting. If you if you add six points to both you and Frankie's final score, you get the final 6.6. 6. You get essentially the final score of our next matchup. The LQ Longboys versus the Clown Show. Um, ooh, uh, ooh. The exact, big, big Jamar Chase day. The exact, he's always open. He's always open. The 7-Eleven, he's always open. It's it's easy to appreciate Jamar Chase when the Bengals are 2-3. and three. Um, We'll see where that comes knocking at season's end. But um, I think the first thing I want to say about this game is let's not forget that Metcalf, between his defense and kicker, got negative four points. Um, oh, my God. He also still had arguably – um, his, uh, well, actually, I think he's clearly below Jamar Chase, but probably above the rest. So his second best player, uh, Saquon was out. He also, the guy that he spent almost all of his fab on, Jerome Ford was on by. Similar to last week, you know, Metcalf not having his guys there and it did not matter. Um, it continues to be off the back of Adam Phelan, which I think is a little, a little fishy. Uh, I, the, the you have to think the, the wheels are going to come off that eventually, but um, yeah, I mean, this is this was just it was just Jamar Chase and everyone else followed the lead. I mean, Sam Laporta is proving to be he's the tight end one on the year at this point. Um, yeah, great great value there. And Conrad, I have a question for you real quick, and Dawson as well. Um, so I was talking with Riley. He thinks that I was talking to him to see if he was worried about Saquon. Um, you know, coming back into this just horrible, horrible Giants offense, which was behind this horrible offensive line. Riley flipped it on me and said, well, he is the offense. He's the one that makes it tick. And I, what do you guys think? Uh, this is – last year this was only true about the Giants and the Titans, and I think now that Tajay is more interfaced and Derrick Henry looks a little more washed, I think this only applies to the Giants. They are – the last remaining team where the offense truly does run through the stud running back. Um, I, I think Metcalf is right. I do think that, I mean, you know, a, a bad offensive line is going to cost any running back. And I don't think Saquon's going to be putting up numbers that he did last season. I think they'll probably be more similar to what we've seen in a couple previous seasons. But he is the offense. It is, it is uh, we cannot sleep on the fact that he is like. I don't think he's necessarily the best running back in the NFL, but the way that Dable has his offense set up is it is truly an offense that runs through Saquon Barkley. And that's why they went, you know, like what, like 11 and five, 11 and six last year with Danny Dimes at QB. Like they, they need their boy Saquon back. 
I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think Metcalf's RB room leaves a little bit to be desired, but honestly, I think he's fine. I, I think Metcalf is in one of the best situations of any team as it stands. And let me say this. In pretty much every year Metcalf has been in this league, I think he has made some foolish draft decisions, um, some costly errors. I think arguably the one that he made this year was going so high on Alvin Kamara. Um, but he got he, he got that trade off and maybe bought Jamar Chase at the perfect time. So Metcalf might have uh, a Jack, I don't know what you call them when Tempe was on the podcast. I think you said a guy who's prone to making mistakes. Uh, oh. uh, no, not not. I did not say that. I said prone to things kind of falling apart. <laughs> prone to like messing up first. Just something that sounded generally applicable to just is a very negative thing. But I think he's done what he needs to do. Um, maybe he can. I, I will say I've been hitting up most boys when it comes to trades, and Metcalf has been one of the most intransigent trade partners. He does not seem to want to engage at all. Um, and I think a big part of that is he doesn't want to mess things up. He, he knows what he has so far. And, um, you know, let's hope no injury strikes his team. But I think, I think Metcalf is approaching Tamki mode, uh, arguably a set-it-and-forget-it roster. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with you on that. Um, he's showing himself to be a great uh, fantasy football player this year. Can't fault him at all for that. Um, Ball nowhere Metcalf, for sure. Um, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, it's definitely going to be another uh, buy deal, in my opinion, um, where it's just going to come down to that. But it's there. Uh, big thing is also just Mahomes, man. He has not lived up to the uh, number one overall so far, at least. Well, that's fine. I mean, like, I'm literally not concerned about that. Well, yeah. I would, I mean, I would agree, but, you know, something to keep an eye on. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Dawson, uh, I guess since I asked you directly about Tamke's team, whose team are you putting above who as far as, I guess now Metcalf is really above Tamke in the standings. Does Metcalf have a better team than Tamke? I think he does. I think that if Saquon comes back and is healthy, I think that his RB room has improved a little bit there. But, it, like, it's just weird to see him go from, like, the number one overall strongest running back room to being skeptical about it. Right. Um, I would, like, I would, at first I thought that he fleeced me in that trade for DeAndre Swift and Jalen Waddle for Josh Jacobs and Tony. And Tony was just kind of a fill-in player. I was like, just give me somebody to put on my roster. Maybe he does something. But that's starting to look as the weeks goes on as a more even trade. I would much rather have Josh Jacobs on my roster. But I would I'd say that he won the trade just based off of what he did with his next move, uh, shipping Waddle off with uh, Kamara and then I forget who else for Jamar Chase. That was an insanely good move on his part, I think. That's fact. Very that, that was an insanely good move. He doubled – yeah, very underrated move by Metcalf. I think that he's actually using his head this year. And it's an, <laughs> an oh, more course. In he's, the playing play. a, he, he's playing to win. He is playing to win. He is making moves to win and not to lose. And I love to see it out of Metcalf. And, yeah, I, I, I'll I, put this team up with, with the rest. I mean, it's not really a hot take anymore now that he's third. But um, 
the, the, the clown show who has, you know, last year people forget had quite the showing at the end of the year and was able to upset Telford. Um, but by and large, Metcalf's team kind of lives in the middle of the pack. And I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Uh, we can only hope. Um, Adam, who continues to insist that his team, he's scared about his team. I don't think he's wrong. Um, but he did no, he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's still in the playoff picture, and he did put up 108 points, which would have been good to beat most teams this week. Uh, I think he, yeah, he was a fourth, uh, yeah, the fourth highest scorer this week. So, um, but I mean, we we all know what's going on here. This is just a a dangerous, dangerous situation. I I you basically need some things that are not at all guarantees to happen to happen. Javante, who I will say, practice in full today, he needs to get reclaim that backfield away from the upstart McLaughlin and not get injured and be performing at least as an RB2. Um, I mean, he needs Rashad White to have, I don't know, like a floor of eight points every week. He needs T. Higgins to be incorporated into this Bengals bounce back. These are all things that I think all need to happen. I don't think some of these things can happen. I, I just this it's it's so shaky right now. Um, you know, obviously the George Kittle three catches, three touchdowns, put in a respectable performance for Adam. But I mean, <laughs> he only had three catches and they were all touchdowns. And that's great. But like you know, we've seen Kittle put up what like one point performances, three point performances, four point performances this year. Uh, this is this is not something that I'm feeling comfortable with. Aside from Josh Allen, you don't know what to expect out of literally a single one of these players any given week. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's something to definitely keep your eye on if you're if you're the man. Uh, Adam Kessler, it's dangerous. It's uh, it's dangerous out there. And let me say this, I um. Uh, the uh, the super late round, uh, I think the two teams that had a 16th round keeper this year were Adam and Dawson. Um, Dawson opting for Justin Fields, Adam getting Calvin Ridley. Um, and, you know, Calvin Ridley has his first really good game back, and this might be the start of something great. Um, but we've kind of seen uh, this downside that I, I pointed to at the time where it's like, look, fundamentally they are getting like a free somewhat early round pick like literally free, like in the 16th round, but they're also not getting to go into the season with a free, with a, uh, with a better, with a better keep. I mean, Noswat's keeper at this point is Gus the bus. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really didn't look at it as the way of like, Oh, this is my keeper. I looked at it as, okay, this was my 16th round pick. But I think those are both fun with with the LQ long boys. Enough with that. <laughs> I mean, but but Dawson, like you know, coming off the season where you were the best team standings wise, um, I don't remember your team perfectly, but I'd have to imagine that you had plenty of studs that you could have tried to bring into the next year, like Miles Sanders. <laughs> Who else did you have? I had uh, Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Devonte Adams, T.J. Hawkinson. Justin Fields. I forget. Oh, Debo, Debo Samuel. See, I, I feel like this is a team that you could have brought some. I mean, I'm not saying Justin Fields was a bad keeper. 16th round Justin Fields, the value seemed amazing. But we, we saw the risk was there. And I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is to ask maybe an early question for next year. 
of you know how many teams will try to replicate that strategy, um, or how especially with the slight change we have now where you give up a pick earlier, um, you would think that there might be some more teams that want to give up a later pick because you know there's a big difference to giving up a second round versus a third round, but not as big of a difference obviously of giving up like a thirteenth round versus a twelfth round. So um, I'm wondering. It, though if people will be discouraged from um, you know the kind of ho hum keepers that happened in the late rounds, I think you definitely should still value the later rounds um, just because of value. Uh, but that's just me. Unless you have Christian McCaffrey, or yeah, just Christian McCaffrey, I think that you should try to value those. Well, you can't keep Christian you McCaffrey. Got in the left. You can't keep him because he went in the first round, so he's ineligible to be kept. Well, then props for Tampke for doing it the one time that he could. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, we can move on now to the final matchup of the week, which was the Hungry Dog versus Men Lie Numbers Don't. You know, um, I think even more than Adam, we were ringing the alarm bells for Torty um, the last couple of weeks. And um, Torty left in Aaron Jones, I guess because it didn't matter. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wait, this... Oh, I, I guess we have that injury stipulation. He does not need to drink. Uh, he did not. That is not. I don't. The, I don't. The injury stipulation is dumb. Well, that's opinion. what we voted on. There was the option for no injury stipulation, and the only person who voted for that predictably was Zach Telford. Um, yeah, and I stand with Telford. I know you do. Um, yeah, two <laughs> one boys. Because because Conrad, where you, you just want them where flowing, you? buddy. Where you sit is where you stand, guys. I've always said that. <laughs> anyway, though, after all this concern, uh, of course, you know, not in a very inspiring performance, but um, Tordy comes away with the win, a, uh, a a close one, but certainly a a you know a respectable ninety eight point six, especially again given the fact that he essentially just didn't play Aaron Jones, he didn't play a RB one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's Tordy again involved in this trade that we've been discussing. Um, I think that uh, I, I personally think that Jalen Waddle, um, I, I, maybe I'm selling myself here because uh, he's a uh, he's someone that I'd like to trade for, but I don't know if I, I'll get him. I think Jalen Waddle is a huge turnaround candidate for me. I think he's shown enough this year. I, I think Tua is going to be going to him more. Um, I I really like Waddle. Um, and you know, Alvin Kamara, say what you will about his inefficiency. Uh, he's come back and he's, he's producing RB1 numbers. So, uh, you can't really complain about those guys. Um, Brock Purdy, who we got off waivers. Um, I don't know how that factors into the Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson double stack, but certainly something to monitor. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, uh, is, has kind of proven himself as definitely worthy of the flex each week. I guess my only true question with this team, despite the shaky tight end situation, is what do we do with Ramondre Stevenson? I mean, he has been really bad. I think they'll be, I think they'll be benched. I mean, that offense is terrible, which is such a weird thing to say about a uh, Bill Belichick offense, um, or just team in general, honestly. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he's done though, in my opinion. Uh, he's trash. Straight up garbage. Ramonde Street. Ramonde Stevenson needs to be benched on this team. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think. I think we'll. I think we'll be seeing some George Pickens here soon. That's. I mean, 
that it's it's crazy to think about though because I I know some fantasy analysts have Ramondre um, in their top five this year, um, and that's funny because uh, we're going to get to that in a bit um, with our final segment. But um, it's just like I I think that something that always needs to be understood first and foremost is no matter how excited you are, it's kind of like the reverse of the um, the selling buying too much into a situation instead of the player. Um, no matter how excited you are about a player, which I don't really ever see what the excitement for Stevenson was, if the situation is bad, if, if McCorkle is your quarterback and um, your team's just getting boat raced by the New Orleans Saints at home, um, then you're not going to get anything out of any running back. Um, yeah, it's, it's concerning, but honestly, Tordy has enough pieces here that I think he can piece together wins. Things are definitely looking up from where we last left Tordy Jack. Yeah, he'll be okay. Uh, I don't think any team in this league is particularly horrible, except outside of, like, a couple. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. He was uh, being called out as being one of those teams last week, though. So do you feel like you saw things this week that really changed your mind? Uh, if anything, it's Joe Burrow. Like, actually having a good week for once. Um, oh, Nukem. Vintage Nukem. Yeah, but I don't see that as being replicable in my opinion. Naswa, do you think that Tordy has risen? Uh no, not really. I I don't I don't really see anything that pops out on his team. Like that's a guy that you can rely on week in and week out. I mean Kamara he seems to have been consistent since coming back, but other than that I mean, I'm still not even 100% faithful in Joe Burrow. I think that they just faced a really terrible team. And that's all of a sudden his comeback game. No, I still think that he's st- battling through an injury. His calf is still hurt. I think that he is liable for an, a re-injury on that calf. So I'm not totally 100% faithful in him. Um, Brock Purdy, I do think that Brock Purdy is legit. I don't know if he's legit as a fantasy quarterback, but as a real quarterback in the NFL, I think that he is top 10. Um, wow, that's fighting words for Jack. But I really just don't see anything on his team that pops out like, oh, you're a playoff team. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that he's not that. Yeah. You fade, you fade him for now. I would fade him for now. I would honestly be in favor of Declan's team in the future than Tordy's team. Well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Declan's the one team keeping Jack and I company in the standings right now. Um, the the Hungry Dog, the last team that we'll discuss, um, definitely, look, I, I, I never root against my trade partners, but um, felt good to get Hunter Henry off before the goose egg game, for sure. Um... Uh, I think Jordan Addison is going to become – he's going to really be able to break out without Justin Jefferson there. I'd be really excited about that. Um, Bijan, I think – That's – Sorry. That's facts. Yeah. Uh, Bijan had his worst game, and it was 10 points. Like, that's fine. I think that Bijan is a complete hold. You're not going to get better value than what he is, um, which in my mind is a week-in, week-out top three running back. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence in a win. Like, honestly, the the matchup was tough. But by and large, like the, I think that's a startable QB for sure. Like definitely in the tier of set it, maybe not forget it, but like you can feel pretty good about it each week. 
Um, and then, you know, Malpertunity continues to get what, what what's his on that offense with a rising Jonathan Taylor, who was on a snap count, obviously had a very disappointing performance this week. But um, And, you know, Declan sat Zach Moss. Um, but that's not a bad fantasy decision. That's what so many different Jonathan Taylor fantasy... A lot, a lot of people would be doing that same thing. They, they, they looked at the situation. They said, I don't want to start Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss this week. But, you know, Declan, you know, for example, had... Amari Cooper on by, you're not going to bench Jonathan Taylor for what, a double tight end, Kyle Pitts flex or Gary Judy. So you roll with him and Zach Moss gets 32 points on your bench and looks like the best running back in NFL history. Um, <laughs> there's nothing to be said about that. I think just, I mean, I don't really know what you do with Zach Moss because I, again, like, do you start him next week? It's a, it's a hold. I guess, but like Jonathan Taylor is going to continue to be incorporated back into that offense and, you know, Zach Moss, what is he, like the RB3 right now in fantasy? The RB6, I mean, what, do you, do you try to sell that for something? I, I don't know. Well, you just see how it goes. Very wise, Jack. Um, I Yeah, I look, this is this is a, a team, as you said, uh, Dawson, I, I think that this is a solid roster. Um, I think, yeah, we've been saying it, Jack, we've been saying it since he was 0-3. What have we been saying about Declan's team? Keep the faith. Just, just, just keep, keep riding these boys. As everyone, as everyone should be doing, is just yeah. keeping the sweet, sweet face. All right. Well, he's all got you can number do six, that. seven, and eight running back with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, obviously, the Jonathan Taylor Zach Moss thing is going to be a little bit of a predicament until further notice in the upcoming weeks. But he's got a lot of potential on his team. I think Trevor Lawrence has been a huge disappointment. For him, oh yeah, 100%. he's not been as expected. Um, being in the bottom half of fantasy starting quarterbacks is not what he wanted. Um, Hunter Henry goose egg the week that Kyle Pitts goes off is just classic <laughs> Declan. That's a classic. <laughs> let, let, let's just say it outright. Like everyone, everyone that's a classic Declan move. Yeah. Um. But he's I, – I just – I look at his team, and, I mean, I wouldn't want his record right now, but, honestly, I think that I could do a lot of work with his team. That's facts. Um, well, guys, um, I want to move into our segment for – now that we're done reviewing everyone, our segment for this week. Um, we've been hinting at it, but we are doing uh, – we're only going to do the first round, but I think we're going to kind of do a consensus redraft, purely what we know – on this day, factoring factoring in injuries, which might seem unfair, but you know you can't project, for instance, Nick Chubb, what he would have done since that injury. So, factoring in injuries, if we drafted today, what would be the first round? Um, I'll remind everyone what the first round was, um, and we can see how much it differs. So, at the Lake of the Ozarks, um, approximately two months ago, uh, we had in this order in our first round. Tyreek, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Nick Chubb, Bijan, Saquon, Diggs, Justin Jefferson, who was a keeper, CMC, who was also a keeper, and Derrick Henry. Um, so, you know, I think that obviously you got to kick Nick Chubb out of there just because of the injury. I think he definitely would be a top three fantasy running back if not. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess who – what are some of the biggest changes you guys make to that if, if you're drafting today? You probably kick Eckler out. Um, 
Well, with the yeah, I think with the injury, he probably goes. Yeah, you probably kick Cup, Eckler, and Justin Jefferson out. Um, just you know, injury. I think it's more than safe to say that you move. Um, so Diggs was a first rounder. Diggs was, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you do put Puka there. I think you do put Kyron Williams there. You put Puka there? I would say Puka has been like a, I think he's been putting out first round value. Dawson, I I need any thoughts on that? No, I would not take Puka in the first round. No, yeah. I would I would I would consider him as a second as a top of the second round pick, but I would not consider Puka as a first round pick. Okay, but top of the second round, that's, we're just splitting hairs at this point. I mean, Jack, if you Well, then I'm splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> if you literally restarted our fantasy league tonight, you're telling me that you'd be comfortable having your team be built around Puka as your number one pick? I don't know. I'd have to look a little closer, but it's definitely something to be considered. Well, one thing I want to say is that um, I stand by, I think especially after this week, it shows that I don't think Kyron Williams would be a first-round pick. Um, again, you have to like the opportunity that he has there, but I think ultimately it comes down to whether or not these guys are studs. Um, I don't think he's quite in that territory. I think, so, I think the guys I keep for sure, I think there's no issue with drafting Tyreek at number two, but you got to take CMC first if that was an option. Yeah, yeah. You definitely take Christian McCaffrey first overall. Telford made the right no move point. with no Christian McCaffrey on the table. Um, I think I, I – this might sound maybe a little reactionary, but um, I'm moving Bijan up, I think, to the second pick. Um, thoughts on that? So, well, I, I, third, third pick. I think I'll, I think I'll probably put Bijan definitely uh, – so what? You probably do – I'd probably put him at third. I go CMC, Tyreek, Bijan. CM, CMC. I, yeah, CMC. I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I had him I have him at six, but maybe that's just because I value wide receivers a little bit more. But outside of CMC, he's my um he would be my second running back off the board. So who do you have above um who do you have above him then? I have so here's my here's my top eight so far. I have CMC, Hill, Jay Jettas, Jamar Chase. Diggs, Bijan, then Cup and Chubb. Did we already address that we probably take Kelsey out? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm out on Kelsey he, he, he right now. He wasn't in the first round, though. Oh so yeah, but he would still, number. he would still be a potential first round. Oh, rounder. for sure. I mean, I, I think that. Well, there's clearly some disagreement here about the impact of injuries. Like, for instance, I still think that Justin Jefferson, knowing what we know today. Um, is probably worth an end of the first round pick because he gave so much production in. Um, and, oh, and, and I'm sorry, I want to clarify. Uh, it's not quite that we're starting over the league today. It's you have this horoscope of how things go, and then you get the first weeks of production. So I think you take you take Justin Jefferson. You take those first weeks, and maybe you're dealing with the injury, but he's you know he's he's been that guy. But before this week, you definitely have him as the second, right, or at least the third after Tyreek. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so. I mean, it's uh, injuries are. T- I mean, imagine just not having your guy for four weeks. Like that's a big, that's a big ask, you know. 
Um, yeah, I, but well, give it like a suspension for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> it's 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 all a matter of like I, I think ultimately at the end of the year what you wanted is someone who played every single week. Um, you, you know, and so that's that's always a factor. Like like what is Justin Jefferson's current? That's a good side question here. What is Justin Jefferson's current trade value? Like, what would you guys trade for Justin Jefferson today, knowing what you know? I, I mean, it's one of those things where you would want to re. You, I mean, there's no, it's, there's no rush to go trade for him. He's guaranteed four weeks off. You know, it's not like a will they won't they thing. You know, as if, like what we saw with Eckler. Um, so, uh, like, would y'all trade? Um, I don't know. Would y'all trade Kenneth Walker for Justin Jefferson straight up right now? Uh, I would only no. do that. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And, and also, I, I'm not trading for Justin Jefferson if I don't have a winning record as well. That's also facts. Yeah, you, you only do that if you're Joe Russell right now. Well, he has him. So, so that's the thing. Like, he has him. Maybe Telford could. Uh, <laughs> He's got a lot of ammunition to make a trade like that and bank on the future. But I, I mean, I would, would y'all. So would y'all trade, I don't know, like Mahomes straight up for him? Yeah. Uh, I would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it requires having a winning record to consider that. But the only concern here, there is one concern. Stream a quarterback. This was rumored is that Justin Jefferson might be slower to come back if the Vikings keep losing and that because there's no reason for him to come back that will probably keep happening because they don't have Justin Jefferson so I don't know are they going to trade Kirk to the Jets like like that could go super south so there's a lot of risk right now with that of course the idea of trading for a player who just got injured even as good as Jefferson is a little ludicrous but um yeah no Certainly something to uh to to ponder, uh, guys. I this is a this might be recency bias, um, but I I honestly think that um I honestly think that you could put uh well, sorry not recency bias just having the player bias. I think you could put Tony P up there um as your next running back right after Bijan. I I, I think maybe Eckler um but Eckler with the injury. I think I have Tony P as the next guy, um and then probably. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. And then probably right. Etienne. Um, and I would, I would rather have Etienne than Tony Pollard personally. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a toss up for me. Uh, I, I still, I think people are just really low on the Dallas offense right now. Um, for good. All right, let's let's look, let's look at this. Past two weeks have been six point four and seven point five. Oh yeah. Week before that, uh, we're we're talking about what, there, he, what he's been doing. There's been a downward slope for him. I'm, the, I'm well aware, Jack. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. Jaguars' offense is kind of trending up now. They're getting in their groove. They just got a huge win against the Bills. Like yeah, you, no, you kind of have to factor that in compared to the Cowboys that. Are looking more and more like frauds. <laughs> big, big, big frauds. I, big I will say this: frauds. this is this calling my shot. I I think that um, I think that the Cowboys are going to have a really big game on the offense, especially are going to have a huge game on Monday. I if there's one to do it, it would be this. And, it's get, and you know like, the national media is going to be so overreactive. This has a chance to be a big old shootout. This is gonna, it's going to be a great week, and I I I might be rolling with Dak as well as obviously Pollard, but Dak and Pollard together. But anyway. Are you, you're doing the Pollard uh, Dak stack? Just rolling Cowboys offense. I'd probably be doing CJ Stroud most weeks, but 
Um, you're, you're feeling, you're feeling, uh, you're not feeling part of the Stroud boys this week. I, I, I might be a Stroud boy after all, but um, the the Saints defense has been really good this year. Uh, they have been good. Their offense is bad, but uh, you know, that's, it's yeah. fun besides that. Um, Tyron Matthew pick six this week. Shout out. Um, yeah, the, 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 the honey badger, the the Kansas City legend. I, I do think that. Um, I guess one last question I'll ask about this first round redraft is, um, I guess, like I I don't think that anyone had a bad like pick in the. It's hard to have a bad pick in the first round. Uh, of course, injuries. Outside of it, I mean, yeah, there were no like C.J. Andersons, Kenjin, Kenyon yes. Drake. I was gonna say like, that that does happen some years where a player yeah, is literally valued at the end of the first round, and they end up literally not even being startable by halfway in the season. So yeah, a lot of a lot of that came um, in the second and third. You know, with Najee, Christian Watson. Um, oh God, I forgot. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts last year with oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> the year before that uh, was me. Who? Kyle on Kyle Pitts. I oh, drafted yeah. him oh, the yeah. year that he was a rookie, and that was the first bust year. <laughs> well, there was also Michael Thomas uh, last year yeah, in the yeah. third. <laughs> that trade saved me though. You uh, you just you cannot you simply cannot help yourself, Dawson. No, I cannot. I cannot. He's still on my roster now. I should have. He was the play this week. He was the play. Should have played him in my flex. Um, Jack, I like the cat sounds. Um, that's my, that's Kitty. That's Ivy. Tordy came in asking for the vape. Uh, so. Uh, I will say I really love Tord. I will say I, I do think this was a bit of a reach, but he also wouldn't have got him on the second way around, and it's clear proven to be a better and better pick each week. Uh, Frankie had the biggest pick that people were kind of clowning on the AJ Brown pick. Just he was not producing, and it felt a little early anyway to get him. Um, but you know, just circumstantially with injuries, as well as you know, if if he keeps producing at relatively this clip, um, I think that'll come out as being a a, a perfectly fine first round pick. Yeah, but I still would much rather have Bijan. Oh yeah, I yeah. that was a I I think and that's the ultimate comparison that that you make there because it's like Bijan or AJ Brown. Well, but I I also think that you Chubb was going before Bijan in most drafts, and Chubb went after AJ Brown. So would you rather have AJ Brown or Nick Chubb? I mean, you know, it's it's all a, like I was I was thinking this as well because um, I, I'm not going to include injuries on this, but I do see the point because um, Cambo not to do too much, not to go too much in this, but uh, based on what we placed on in the combine, I was kind of like, all right, if Campbell does an early pick, then I'm for sure not going to get Eckler, Chase, or Tyreek. So I'll probably from there do either Cooper Cup or Nick Chubb. So um, very fortunate. I, I, I mean, who, who knows what Cooper Cup will do. Basically had the same injury timeline as Eckler did. But um, I was fortunate because Chubb is a guy I really wanted. And, uh, you know, injuries, what you going to do? Um, yeah, it's one of those things you – it's it's part of the game. Uh, uh, I have been lucky-ish uh, outside of Kelsey possibly not playing this week. Um, but the, I mean, that, that's all pretty minor stuff. I, I, I We really should count our blessings that – I mean, you know, Mahomes goes – Nick, Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton kind of. That's true, but it's still. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like the last few years. Like we've had injuries, but have we ever been devastated by 
an injury that just completely incapacitated in our team. I don't think we have. I hope you knock on wood right um, now. I got, I got, I got some wood nearby. I'll, I'll, knock. I'll, I'll, I'll knock on some wood for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, guys, uh, that was gonna be our that'll be our last segment for this week. But um, I guess just get hyped because rivalry week is officially here. Um, I guess before we go, we can talk about um, some of these matchups. As we know, um, there are two rivalry weeks because there's maybe some some disagreement about who's who's rival. I actually got both my two rivals on the pod right now. Um, <laughs> wait, you, wait, you don't have Tampi this week? I, this year? I, I, you know, and, and it's it's funny now because I I decided to drop Tampi as a certified rival boy. Um, because, you know, uh, I had beaten him every single time he'd ever played. Um, we couldn't <laughs> win. And then, sure you, enough, ate, you ate some, you ate some crow this, sure enough, week, this year. Sure enough. enough. And, and look, I, I, that's probably for the best, but still, um, I've been feeling like I was Noswad's rival for a while. I had to get him in in a rival week, week matchup. I'm excited for that week 12, but Jack, this week six, I mean, this is, this, again, we talk about, we talk about the margins here. We can't really be going on the pod next week and be level-headed about that loss. I mean, one in five, you are all – We got a Sacco preview. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we, got the, we got the Sacco preview right here. You, you are almost completely out one of pick. leeway when you start one in five. I mean, I mean, I guess if you lose one more game and win the rest, then you'll probably make the playoffs. But, I mean, how likely is that? You, you ultimately this – is a, this is probably, Jack, a must-win for both teams – um, and, and, uh, you just saw me make some serious changes to my roster. Yeah, honestly, I was more scared of Eckler, but, uh, whatever. So, um, especially, you know, we'll see. You, you, you got a lot of, you got a lot riding on the Cowboys. Oh yeah. Week, I'm, I'm all in on the boys and I've, I've, I've been saying that, um, Dawson, you're going against D I think that's a lot of people's favorite rivalry. Are you feeling ready I'm for putting- that matchup? I'm putting Dechay in the cellar this week. I'm ready to see <laughs> Dechay posted up at Waffle House for 24 hours because we know damn well he can't put down more than freaking two waffles in that amount of time. That's gonna be a classic. I, I know. Yeah. I know the, the the hungry dog's gonna be hungry for some for some waffles at the end of the season. Let's, let's oh, he's gonna be hungry for some waffles. That's for damn sure. Uh, I'm gonna enjoy that stream. <laughs> we got a great Waco matchup with the LQ Long Boys and Waco's finest. Um, you know, arguably the the team that's probably feeling best about themselves and the team's feeling worse about themselves. Um, but we'll see how that comes together because, again, I think Adam Adam is still treading water. He's still still in the playoff picture. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Joe looking to stay undefeated. Got the Battle of the Wills, <laughs> a very underrated <laughs> rivalry or maybe overrated. A new rivalry. <laughs> the, <laughs> similar to the Missouri-Arkansas rivalry, it was manufactured, but – there's no game <laughs> yeah. for, for Will Frankie. The Bud Selig of the group, Conrad, just manufacturing these rivalries. <laughs> the, ge- the gentleman's rivalry. <laughs> this is, I think, I think everyone's going to be excited to see that matchup. We're going to probably see a lot of fire from Frankie all week and probably nothing from Will until like 4 p.m. on Sunday where he says either, damn, my boy's looking good or damn, I'm losing. So <laughs> either way, that will be a classic. We got the, you know, this was one that, this is another Bud Selig rivalry, arguably, but I feel like there's something brewing between Cambo and Telford. Am, am I wrong? Am I wrong? 
Telford does love to rip on everyone in this chat, and you know, no one more than Camera. That's <laughs> or you, or you, or you, Conrad. Too. Well, you know, Telford and I are like best friends, so it's all on. We are. Know, it's all on, yeah, we're really the sick. OBO we squad. It's all friendly. <laughs> it's all friendly jostling. Like, like we we usually text each other afterwards and say like, "Bro, I didn't mean that." So it's it's really fun. The phrase, please take off my OVO slides, was not something I thought I would hear over the Brozark strip. Yeah, that was a car. I remember, I'll never forget that car pulling up. Cambo's still looking at his work outfit with his glasses and polo and Telford with us all seeing him for the first time in, well, actually, no, you guys saw him earlier, but me seeing him for the first time in years with the already full Brozarks mode backwards hat and the cutoff wife beater, that was something to behold. A true uh, culture war. And the final matchup, um, you know, Tori, it was hard to place his rivalries because he's been out for so long. So I kind of just automatically made his two rivals his two roommates. So, um, you know, I, I think Metcalf kind of called it like a, what, I think a, a, like a, a friendly contest. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. The, the current projected on that is looking a little lopsided. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think uh, Rivalry Week 1 is going to be a burn, barn burner. There's going to be some must-wins. And uh, every game is going to feel like I can't lose against your most hated opponents. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We do love a good Rivalry Week. Best week of the year. Uh, well, the best two weeks of the year. Um, but best two that, weeks of the year. That's going to – Just the first one. That's going to do it from us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Um, you know, next time you tune in, Jack or I are going to be one in five, and the other person's going to be feeling like they're the one seed with a two and four record. So, <laughs> either way, we'll be back. We'll be here for you, Dawson. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, thank you for having me. Everyone, everyone, have a have a great rest of your day. Put on a feeling.